All right. So we need a five second pause for the thumbnail on uh, the social media channel. So just go ahead and smile for three or four seconds. All right. You ready? Sure. <laughs> we'll see. You're going to do great. All right. Three, two, one. Here we go. Hello and welcome to Center for Victory's podcast of your best day yet. At Center for Victory, we're here to unlock, reinforce, and enrich relationships through personal and professional development. I'm Eric Guy, Chief Victory Officer here at the Center for Victory. With us today, our special guest, uh, Mary Finley. She is a Chief People Officer at Advance Group. I'm going to let her uh, explain what she does uh, because today we're going to pick her brain on what she does best, and that is her expertise around talent, talent development, and talent optimization. So I'm going to shut up for a couple seconds, Mary. Uh, introduce yourself and what you do because you have a a big job, especially nowadays with trying to get people, but not only get them, keep them. So go ahead and introduce yourself to our folks. Yeah, thank you for that, Eric. And I'm so thrilled to be sharing this time with you. Thanks for the invite today. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, so I'm the chief people officer for a company called Advanced Group. Uh, we're a professional services firm in the staffing and consulting space. Um, I've been in the talent industry for about 15 years. So I actually started in recruiting uh, 15 years ago, and then I kind of shifted my focus to project management. And then I have kind of managed a very a various uh, projects over my career from operations and talent management, talent development, L&D, um, just kind of all across the talent space. And that has really been a cornerstone of how I've built my career as an HR leader uh, is really looking across the talent um, the talent journey from talent attraction, talent retention, and really how we work with our employees and have just been thrilled to, to have this chief people officer role with Advanced Group for the last five years. Um, so yeah, excited to be here. Has it been five years? It has been, well, it'll be five years in August. So I'm rounding up a little bit, but yeah, five years. That just threw me for a loop there. Um, <laughs> it's been that long. So um, anyhow, um, your expertise around attracting talent, especially nowadays, especially the past couple of years with everything going on with COVID even, it was tough before COVID. Now it's been more challenging. Um, what, what do you see that brings people to companies? Um, you know, what's actually interesting is I think COVID unlocked a lot of ideas in the industry and for people, right? Like going through this big pivotal time um, for all of us across the world, I think has really created a lot of new dynamics in the workplace. And so some of what I think was there before is now amplified as a result of going through a, a global pandemic, which um, like many things like technology or other things just accelerated what we were already experiencing. And I, I think there's some real silver lining to that um, as it relates to the tough couple of years uh, that we've had definitely in the HR space. So what I think now what, what brings people to companies is really more so than ever a connection to purpose. And I think the purpose connection is is on multiple levels. So being excited about what the company is actually doing right? Like what does the company offer into the, into the marketplace? Um, but also what purpose it serves in their career. 
how that particular job opportunity is meaningful to them and feeling connected, right? At both the macro level to like the company and the industry, but then on a much more micro level to themselves personally. And so when we, when I think about attracting talent, it has to come from a place of authenticity. The company has to be authentic and and who they are and and what their purpose is. And it isn't, um, whereas purpose used to be steeped in like the philanthropic efforts of a company or, you know, like purpose kind of sat in this little bucket that, um, that wasn't mainstream. It was kind of like a little bit of what a company was about. Now, I think, you know, with the pandemic and, you know, the things that are now called the great reprioritization and, you know, some of the other big trends in the talent space, um, people have to feel connected to what they're doing for it to be meaningful. Yeah. And are there ways that you're like doing that up front when you bring in people into interview? Um, we tell our story, right? And so, you know, I think another thing that was kind of there in, in the business world, you know, a few years ago has really accelerated to this idea of storytelling and being authentic um, and really letting people in. So when we think about talent attraction, like for advanced group where where I'm focused now, it really is about, um, first of all, reflecting on who we are. Like we have to know who we are, right? So you can't just like be the day-to-day job or like these are the five things that you're gonna do in your job. It's like, no, who are we as a company? What are we all about? Tapping into that, not being afraid to, to you know, be vulnerable as a company, right? So like, who are we honestly? What's the good, what's the bad? you know, no job's perfect, no company's perfect, right? So how do we authentically tell candidates uh, who we are? That comes to life through recruiting. You know, it has to come from the hiring manager. It has to come from the leader who they're working with. So we, um, we spend a lot of time, you know, talking about that internally, not even just with candidates, just ourselves, right? Like, okay, who, who are we? How, why is this position important? What are we trying to accomplish? How does it fit into the overall purpose of the company um, before we ever even reach out to candidates or, or meet them in an interview? Um, so I wouldn't say it's, you know, there's no sell sheet. There's no like one pager, <laughs> you know, that explains who we are, um, but it comes through the personal connection and the, and, you know, again, coming from a place of honesty um, and being transparent with the candidates. Do you find you're more successful doing that? So where, where we find success is when we're transparent and honest, Uh we see better retention of the new hires, right? Because we're able to connect with people who, who truly are connected with who we are. Right. And so, you know, we're not fabricating a story or, you know, somehow painting a rosier picture. And in fact, when we are, you know, more honest and more vulnerable about where some of our opportunities are, um, we find people who are more engaged and willing to take on those challenges because they are like, oh, I get to learn something really cool or wow, that sounds like a mess, but I could be a part of helping to solve that problem, right? So like they're engaged in the work before they're even here um, from a purpose perspective. And then we see them, you know, hit the ground running, you know, faster, they're they're more resilient as far as, you know, knowing that they're gonna be coming into certain challenges. And then they're willing to work through that, right? Like they're here for the longer haul. So I would say it's actually, we actually probably knock more people out, right? Of the process when we are, very transparent about our story, both on the positives and the negatives. 
But then when we find the right person, it's much more like simpatico, right? Like we're a very good fit. And then we, we find better tenure. So there's a lot, there's alignment there. And, you know, I'm just, I'm curious, I know you're having success with this. So some of these questions, I know the answers to, but mm. I want you to be sharing them with the, the people that are listening and watching. Um, how have you been able to get like your hiring managers on board with this kind of, I want to call it a different kind of interview, right? It's not the same that maybe you and I went through 15, 20 years ago when we got into the job market and started doing this. How do you get them on board of being passionate about doing this up front and maybe not getting that candidate because that candidate doesn't align with your, your all's purpose? Yeah. Well, it's taken a lot of conversation. Yeah. And I'll, I'll say training. Sure. You know, we run some trainings, you know, we share, um, share best practices, but really it just comes down to us talking to our leaders, you know, as we're going through the the requisition process Mm -hmm. and frankly failing sometimes. Right. So like we've hired our, our last two years, um, we've hired hundreds of individuals, um, over the last two years, which comparatively, you know, for the years prior, we, we did not hire that volume. So we've really expanded and had high growth rates in both headcount and and, in our um, financial results, which has been awesome. It's given us a lot of practice when it comes to interviewing and attracting talent. Um, And we, you know, if I look back to two, three years ago, we probably didn't do this so well. And we did make some hiring, you know, mistakes or, you know, it seems so in in retrospect, of course. And, And then the leaders were able to learn from that. So, you know, nobody ever likes my answer of you just have to go through things (laughs) to figure it out because everybody always wants like, hand me the thing that's going to make us do this tomorrow. And it's like, no, it's, it's a little bit of trial and error. But when we've then, you know, worked with leaders to share more of the story, be more vulnerable, and then they see the better outcomes then they do it the next time, right? It's like, oh, that felt really good. We got a really good outcome. They're thrilled about their hire. And then they're able to replicate that. We do share a lot. Talk about storytelling. We do share a lot internally, like give the example. This is what happened over here in this department. And this is, you know, the success that we found. And then other people learn about it and feed off of it and, you know, want to want to have that same positive outcome. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. That's not a silver bullet answer, but. Well, I mean, but it, it, it's what I'm looking for, though, because most people get frustrated. So even from a person with your expertise that knows what's going on, there's still some frustration. Right. And there's still times where you're 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 getting in there and you're like, hey, what can we do better? So it's it, it's not a silver bullet. I mean, some people say, hey, what should I do? Tell me exactly what to do. Boom, 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 boom. But as you said, you know, there's no one pager to the storytelling because I mean, some of it just has to come from the heart of the person to the manager. Um, but I just wanted to make that clear to people because I think yeah. and for somebody like you that knows exactly what they're doing, you can still get frustrated. You still have down days and you get back on the horse and you do it again and get better. Yeah. And I actually think some of our biggest frustrations have been when we've we've been authentic and we've told the story and then we don't get the candidate, right? Not, not that we choose like, Oh, the, you know, we don't have the pipeline we were looking for, but when, you know, you think that you're making, you know, you're going to have this opportunity to hire this amazing person and you've, you've told your authentic story and they feel really connected and then they make a different decision 
right? Then that feels a little gutted because you've put yourself out there, right? Like you've kind of shown the heart of the company and you're like, oh man, you didn't choose us. Um, and we've seen more of that, right? In the last year, for sure, as the talent markets evolved yet again. Um, and I think the coaching that, you know, we're not always perfect by any means, but the coaching we give is like, you never know if that person's going to come back around just in a couple months from now. So graciously, right. As graciously as you can keep, keep a connection, you know, especially if you thought they were going to be the best hire, cause they could be your best hire 18 months from now. Right. That's a very good point. <laughs> um, so there's, there's the attraction, there's the hiring, there's bringing them on, but what I think what people are really struggling with, and you know, this, I know this, but is the retention piece. Are there, are there two, three, maybe four things that you can tell those folks listening or watching that say, Hey, look, this is working or this is not working. Do this. Don't do that. What kind of tips could, would you give people? Yeah. I'm, I'm a little passionate about some of the, <laughs> some of these topics, of course. Um, so the compensation in today's market is just kind of nuts, right? And it tends to get all the headlines um, and people feel like they can't win, you know, if they can't afford uh, big creative, you know, compensation packages. And, and I just, you know, I just don't really agree with that. <laughs> and I really struggle with, with that concept. And so for me, I think like compensation is, you know, baseline. Like you just have to, comp you have to pay competitively. You know, you can't look at it. I mean, of course you're running a business and you have to look at it from a, you know, a cost perspective or whatever, but you're running a business. So you have to pay competitively, right? Like there's just no ifs, ands, or buts about it. Um, and I just don't think it needs to get as complicated as it has been lately. I don't think you need to get fancy again. Like you just need to be honest and transparent and, and pay people what they deserve to be paid, make it a non-issue, right? You're not going to win on compensation because we've all seen the headlines of what companies are doing. That's just totally wacky. So unless you're one of those companies who can just afford, you know, you know, whatever, a hundred thousand dollars signing bonus or a, a trip on a yacht, like we're not those companies. <laughs> so just don't try to be right. Make it, make it, um, make it a non-issue. Yeah. Uh, and we, put a lot of work into that over the last five years. We've done a ton as it relates to compensation bans, making sure that we have really reputable market data that we're being you know, as transparent um, as our culture currently allows, right? On, on pay, again, to just take it off the table. And the reality is right now, you are gonna lose people who are attracted by a you know, five figure signing bonus or something like that. And at the end of the day, it's their life and they have decisions to make. and you know, just, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, um, focus overly right on, on comp. Um, cause I think that it really comes down to investing in, in your people. Um, and that goes well beyond, you know, their pay. So if, if they're paid appropriately, they don't have to worry about it anymore. It's kind of like that baseline Maslow's hierarchy of needs, like make it a non-issue. Um, and then, where I, we've found the most success in retention is to really create a place where the, the person is supported professionally and individually. Um, so 
robust training opportunities. We do a ton internally in my personal passionate view, right? There's nothing better than having um, an internal training team who can like often on demand, you know, all the time be offering professional development to your staff. Um, Of course, there's external partners and online stuff that you can offer, but you know, again, having a personal connection, I think is really an amazing investment. Uh, We in the last year-ish, two years, have totally jumped on the coaching train. Um, And, you know, we were we were very much, you know, kind of the old school, like executives got coaching when they were having trouble. Yeah. Right. And like, that's the only time we use coaching. And now we've really flipped that we've made coaching. We've like democratized coaching, if you will, we've made coaching available to all staff. Um, we have our, one of our internal L and D individuals was, um, certified as a coach. We use external partners for coaching. And even this year, we actually went with one of the larger, um, well-being vendors that offer online virtual coaching, um, to all of our staff. And we actually did that for their dependents too. So, um, full disclosure, I have a coach through this platform. My husband has a coach through this platform. Uh, and it's just been really an amazing way to get people, um, to experience things differently, to have thought partners. And, you know, it's, it's still a part of development. It's still a part of learning and leadership development, but it's not quote training. Um, and that's really changed for a lot of our people, right? We don't have all 700 employees involved, but they have the option. And for those who've, who've leveraged our internal and external coaching, um, they really have just had amazing experiences and really have felt that they've benefited from it. Um, so I truly am very passionate about that. Um, and think it, it just helps support people in a more kind of holistic, holistic way. Yeah. And that traces back to all your story, right? For Mm -hmm. your company. I mean, I just want to make sure everybody understands that, that that's, that's, you're, you're practicing what you preach. Yeah. And, and like, again, this has been the last couple of years, right? Like this isn't something that we've done for our 35 year history. You know, we've had to learn who we are. (laughs) It's changed several times. Um, and again, like really think about what's authentic to us today. Yeah. And, you know, the, the demographics of our company have changed. Our leader, you know, we've had new executive leaders, uh, certainly new senior leaders. And so as, you know, I, you know, I do think of companies as like living organisms, right? Like as we've evolved, we have to also evolve in how we're, um, how we're kind of coming to life um, for those that are a part of our community. So, but I, I don't want to end on a down note, but I will say like the not working uh-huh. is very much like, I'll just say like when you overcommit and under deliver, which of course that doesn't work, <laughs> but companies do it all the time. We have certainly done it in some instances as well, but I definitely see it and we hear it from candidates that are coming to us where companies are over committing and under delivering on like DEI commitments on their commitment to hybrid or flexible work, um, you know, not resourcing appropriately. Uh-huh. And, and so we get a lot of those questions. And so we have to be conscious of us giving an honest answer. So if a candidate says like the place I'm leaving said we were going to have hybrid work and now they want us all back in the office, you know, we have to make sure whatever we're going to communicate, we're actually going to commit to. Uh, and so we're all always like 
testing our commitment. So we're, we've gone totally flexible. People choose where they work. Every once in a while, we'll get a little, you know, a little voice in an executive's mind that says, well, shouldn't people come back? And then we have to say, well, hang on, let's, let's test that, right? Like we committed to flexible work. What's changed? Why would we want to consider calling people back? Right. So we have to like hold ourselves accountable to the commitments that we've made. That's actually great advice. That is, yeah, I didn't expect that, but that is, <laughs> I've seen it. Like I'm shaking my head the whole time you're saying that. So that is a, that's a great nugget. Um, I know we're running short on time. Anything else that you'd give advice on to? This has been rich with information, by the way. Thank you. Yeah, no, I think, um, I think, Something that the only thing I'll say, I think to wrap is as a member of an executive team, as a leader, as a member of a senior leadership team, you know, we've all been challenged uh, across our career, but certainly in the last few years to like just navigate a different world, navigate a different workplace. And I think something that has made advanced group and myself more successful is to, to look inward and do a bit more of that kind of inner work and self-reflection um, and not assume, right, that like to your point, the way we interviewed 15 years ago is going to continue to work. And that takes some level of humbleness, right, like <laughs> and willingness to change. And um, I, I truly believe a company is made up of all of its people, but also that the tone does start with leadership. So the more individual leaders can be vulnerable and be honest or, you know, share that they have a coach or share that they're um, working on something that they think is going to help them be a better leader. You're just setting the tone for the organization without it. You're, you're not telling the right story, right? You're not telling the true honest story. So I do think leaders have to lean into that. Yeah. Well, we'll end on that great note. Uh, Thanks again. Um, Thank you all for, for watching, for listening. That's all for today. I'd appreciate if you'd hit that subscribe button as well as the bell icon so you can get notified when we post. You can visit us at centerforvictory.com. Mary, thank you once again. Appreciate uh, you giving all these great nuggets. I got lots of notes here just uh, from listening to you while we were talking. So again, thank you. And just remember everyone, wherever you're at, whatever you're doing, make this your best day yet. See you soon. Thank you. Um...